0: All right. I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard to like focus when it's just so <laughs> beautiful. It's like this big picture frame window, right? Photo opportunity. Photo, yeah, that's right. Well, let's uh, let's bow our heads and just pray as we uh, jump into the Bible tonight. So, God, we thank you that you your your Word, the Bible, is alive and active. It's described as something that can cut to the very marrow or the the depth of ourselves and our souls. And so, God, we we come tonight and we open ourselves to that. We open ourselves to you. Speak to us here tonight Amen. in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So we've been going through this series uh, this winter, started in, in January, <laughs> uh, out of Peter. And in this series, we're looking at a list of eight words or eight virtues that he has described For his followers to to grow in and to be strengthened in. Those virtues are faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Um, If you remember back, we talked about how faith is the foundation for all of this. None of these things happen without a faith that starts in Jesus Christ. Knowing that he has made a way for every one of us to have a relationship with God through his Son... This is starting in the foundation. We talked about goodness, and anybody remember what goodness was all about? Purpose. Oh yeah, you're right. That's exactly yeah. The goodness of a horse is to run. The goodness of a knife, because the word actually, the word goodness uh, in the Greek, in the real, in the or real, in the original language, <laughs> was arete, and it literally means to to basically live out the purpose that you were designed for. So, a horse is designed to run. A knife is designed to cut. And we talk about what we are designed for, and the idea that goodness is us living out the intention or the purpose that God has, has for us, which is to reflect God. In the beginning, we were created in His image, and we are to c- continue to be image bearers, to be reflection of who God is. So, faith is this foundation. Goodness is this goal. And then we talked about knowledge. You remember this idea of knowledge was all about, uh, that's kind of the how. So it's the how we get there is we need to know God more. (coughs) Not knowledge for the sake of just being smarter. And we all know those people that are just smarter. Mm -hmm. And they know that they're smarter. But knowledge for the sake and for the purpose of reflecting Christ. Not so that we can be great on ourselves, but so that people can see Christ through us. So that people will know who God is because of how we live and how we walk and how we talk. And then we talked about self-control. And if you remember, we looked at four different areas. Anybody remember this? That's awesome. We talked about yeah, that's alright. No, that's okay. Yeah, everybody missed that one, right? Yeah, I remember that one. I did it. No, that's fair. That's fair. And we talked about how self-control and and the need to. To grow in that. And tonight we're going to look at perseverance. Um, as, a, as a reminder, you know, the first three words are kind of this foundation piece, and then the rest are the how we live it out and how can we grow as followers of Christ. Um, but all of this, all of this is done because of what Christ does. And, and the passage, the piece of scripture that comes right before this in 2 Peter. One, verses three, 1 verse 3, it says this. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one Jesus who invited us to God. Everything that goes into a life pleasing God. All of these things that we were talking about, that list that we were just talking about, none of that is possible except for Uh, or apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything that goes into that life of pleasing God is done by knowing and personally and intimately Jesus Christ. It all starts there. When Peter encourages believers to make every effort to add to their faith, that's what it says in the passage, he's not suggesting that human effort is all that's required. In fact, he wants us to know that it is only by God's divine power that we can grow in self-control. It's only by God's divine power that we can become more, to grow in perseverance, the ability to push through. Nothing, none of these things are something that we just do on our own. And I want to encourage you as you listen tonight um, to be really careful not to take any of the stuff we've been talking about and go, oh, I just got to be better. Mm -hmm. I just have to try harder and then I will get it. Because I'll tell you right now, if that's the case, good luck. None of this happens apart from the divine, engaging power of Jesus Christ. And I love how Peter lays this out because that our back up one, sorry. that's what he starts with. All of this ability to grow in these things starts with the relationship, personally and intimately knowing the one who invited us to God. It all starts there. So, knowing that we need his power, this evening we're going to look at this, this fifth word, this word perseverance. This is what he wrote. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith perseverance. I find it interesting that Peter put this word perseverance in the middle of this list of virtues. So he's got this long list that we've been reading, and it's like kind of this middle. Um, I don't know about you, but... Anybody here, uh, if you were to be honest, would be willing to say that you've been tempted to quit at some point in life, playing sports. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. I did quit. Or did quit. Well, I wasn't tap dancing. Was it? Oh,
1: tap dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget when my mom called me to quit.
0: <laughs> What about faith? Anybody ever been tempted to quit in faith? To walk away from your faith? Absolutely. You see, this journey of faith that we're on is not a sprint, it's a marathon. I've never run a marathon. I used to run when I was younger. My my running joke now is I don't run unless I'm being chased, but when I was younger, I actually enjoyed running. The longest I ever did was a half marathon which I was pretty proud of. But I've never done a marathon, but I've been told that the second half of running a marathon is the hardest part. And it's like everything in you just like quit now, give up, don't keep going. Your body just is like screaming at you, don't keep moving. And I kind of think it's sort of like that in life sometimes as well. As we get older, as it gets more difficult, As things become more complex, as we get busier and our lives kind of fill family, kids, life, all good things even sometimes. But there's this pressure that mounts and builds. Is that fair to say? (coughs) Am I I the only one? No? (laughs) There's this pressure that mounts and builds. And I love it because in the middle of all this, Peter pulls up this word, perseverance. Add to your faith perseverance see a strong finish is what really matters when Peter wrote these these two letters to the believers in Asia Minor he was actually speaking to a whole bunch of Christians so it wasn't to one church specifically it was to a bunch of different churches and he was actually writing to a group of people who were like us at times being tempted to walk away from their faith their backs were against the wall. They were going, they were, all of these things were coming against them. And he's, that's the kind of people he's writing to. Um, as a matter of fact, um, many scholars believe that when Peter penned this letter and both these letters, he was himself in prison. So he was going through it as well. So he's writing to them and saying, like, persevere from prison, he's writing. In this incredibly dark, oh, his own life spot. He's writing Persevere. Um, there's all kinds of things that were going on at that time, and I'm just going to kind of lay out a few of them that we can see through these letters that he's responding to that these believers were going up against. Here's some of the things. Um, in 1 Peter one six, it says they suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So there's all kinds of trials coming against them. They are falsely accused, blamed for things that they never did. They are subjected to brutal working conditions. They're punished for doing good. They're punished for following Jesus. They're harassed by the devil himself. They're surrounded by false teachers trying to mislead them. And they're mocked by neighbors who find their faith naive and deluded. The people that he was writing to at this point in history, that this letter was written to, that this word of encouragement, this call to persevere was written to, had their backs against the wall. And their faith was being tested. And they, were, they themselves were being tried and were tempted to walk away from their faith. Tempted to give up on whatever it is that they were doing that God was calling them to. And Peter's writing to those people then, and I want, this is the point, and he's writing to us now. Sometimes we read the Bible and you're like, ah, it's just a red, letter written, you know, in 60 AD, you know, almost 2,000 years ago. What kind of application does it have today? I want to encourage you this letter was written to a group of people that not dissimilar to us are going through all kinds of stuff that maybe feel like they wanted to quit as well. And Peter is saying, persevere. In the first letter that he wrote in 1 Peter, alone, he mentions 17 times their suffering that they were going through. It's actually the theme of the whole letter. And, you know, through all of this, he he's encouraging them that the reason to stick with this is because it's the one thing, the only thing that may end up even saving their life, their faith. When I think back to when Christ was alive, and his miracles uh, were working in power and there's this large crowds. I'm reminded of the one story. There's this one day. Um, where he had he had supernaturally fed five thousand people. Remember that story. And he'd done it with a boy's bag lunch, and the crowds were multiplied, and there's all of these people that were following him and flocking to him and like Messiah. Let him, we're gonna follow you. Thousands of people began to follow him. the The, the numbers were five thousand men, approximately ten thousand women and kids. So there's like ten, fifteen thousand people that are like. We're going to follow you, whatever you want. These incredible miracles going on. And near the end of the day, he began teaching those crowds about what it really meant to be a follower of him, to be his disciple. And he said things like this. He said, if you do not eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And these statements, these things that he spoke were really difficult for them to take. In John, it says this, on hearing it, Many of his disciples said, This is hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, this is, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And Peter learned something really important that day about this persevering and what it means to persevere. And it leads me into the first thought and main thought for tonight. Simply this, perseverance only makes sense if you're headed in the right direction. Perseverance only makes sense if you're headed in the right direction direction. And Peter knew that following Jesus was the right direction. You see, if your journey is headed in the wrong direction, perseverance is meaningless. There's no point in keeping on going and pushing hard if you're going in the wrong direction. It makes no sense. There's nothing honorable about persisting when your pathway is purposeless. Jesus knew this and it is exactly what allowed him to embrace the cross and the physical and emotional and incredible pain, spiritual suffering that he went through. In Hebrews chapter 12, we read these words. Man, too cute. Sorry. Not that. It says this, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If you're headed in the right direction, you'd be a fool not to persevere regardless of the opposition. Why? Because like what Christ said, it will be worth it in the end. The first thing, again, is that perseverance only makes sense if you're going in the right direction. And Peter had to let them know that God had given them everything they needed to make it, to persevere, to stay on track. And this is why he encouraged them to add perseverance to his fit, to their faith. The second thought for tonight is simply this. Following Jesus was never meant to be easy. It was meant to be right. <clears throat> if you look back at the first century Christians, you could actually argue that their conversion to Christianity was in many ways counterproductive. Think about it. So as they started to follow Jesus... Uh, Life became worse in many ways. It became more confrontational. Uh, it wasn't more comfortable. Uh, Mark Buchanan, his excellent book, he, he, this it's a book called Hidden in Plain Sight, he wrote these words. He said, following Jesus had not been a great career move. It had not enhanced reputations and expanded opportunities. It has not made anyone rich or popular or influential. It's had the opposite effect. It's turned these people into oddities and outsiders, objects of ridicule, lightning rods of suspicion, targets of abuse, peculiar people. Indeed, it's made their work harder. It's strained their relationships with family, old friends, work colleagues, the boss, the government. They've become everyone's favorite whipping boys and scapegoats. People don't talk behind their backs. They mock them to their faces. You might be sitting here tonight and you're going, like, what the heck are you talking about? Where where did the nice <laughs> Christian conversation go? In? And here, it's not to say that we don't have influence. It's not to say that there won't there isn't benefits to being a Christian, to walking out faith. But there are many things that are going to come against us because of our faith. In Canada right now, and I don't know if any or how many of you are following, but the the religious freedom is under fire. The ability to believe what we believe and to verbally or to speak that out in public is under fire. Right now, the um, hiring a student, the ability to hire students, summer students, the whole summer grant program, is anybody familiar with this? So um, the government has made it a testation that has basically stopped churches from the ability to say what we believe in a public in a public setting and and live out our faith and it's not they're not backing down i'll tell you right now i have sat with the the head of our denomination so our group of churches which is the largest denomination in canada um, on a sunday there's about one percent of canadians that sit in one of our churches pentecostal churches so almost like just just under one percent of all of canadians sit in a pentecostal church and I've chatted with our our superintendent, a good friend of mine, and um, they're not backing down. They're not moving, like and there's this is, this is a large section of Canada, the religious freedom is under fire in Canada right now. And it, it was then as well. It wasn't easy. One of the reasons that I think that this virtue needs to be added to the foundation of faith is because there is this temptation to quit that comes. I think that Peter knew that no matter what happens to us, that somewhere along the way there is going to be that temptation to walk away, to give up. Uh, in his second letter that he wrote verses twenty to twenty two he wrote these words: "If they 've escaped from the slum of sin by experiencing our Master and Jesus and Savior Jesus Christ, and then slid back into that same old life, they're worse than if they had never left. Better to not have to start, better not to have started out on the straight road to God than to turn out and then turn back. Pardon me, than to start out and then turn back." Repudiating the experience and the holy command, they prove the point of the Proverbs a dog goes back to its own vomit, and a scrubbed up pig heads for the mud. Without perseverance, without this stick to itness, sticking to our faith is almost impossible. Perseverance keeps us from being moved by all of these challenges that try and knock us off course. The Greek word for the, for perseverance is this, hypomene. And it's a word that means to stand your ground, to maintain your position, to stick to your guns. Hypomene is a military term used to describe a soldier holding a position. Picture this with me. I think I love this picture. You know, this soldier that is got the gun in his hand that says, I am not. Going to move. I'm going to hold my position no matter what. No matter what comes, I'm not moving. That's the language. That's this picture, hypomony, that Peter's giving to them. Tonight, as I just wrap up really briefly here, I want to ask Are you discouraged? Are you distracted? Are you deceived? I think those are three of the things that come against perseverance. There are three things that cause us to exit the race, to give up, that discourage. We become discouraged by spiritual disappointments, by unmet expectations. When things don't go the way we had hoped, the way we'd expected, we get discouraged and we sometimes give up. Maybe you're distracted. You know, we get distracted, Jesus said, by the cares and the riches and the worries of life. All of the stuff around us and we lose focus. Or maybe it's deceived. Sometimes it's the spiritual strategies of Satan, the real devil that deceives, he confuses, maybe he leads us astray. I don't know, tonight as I speak those out, is there something that maybe you identify with? Are you discouraged? Are you distracted? Are you deceived? Stand firm. Plant your feet. Persist. Persevere. Winston Churchill said this, never, never give up. And when you do get discouraged, when you want to quit, when it doesn't seem like it's worth it, when you're tempted to abandon your faith, I want to encourage you to tilt your head towards heaven and listen through that ear of faith. Listen to the, the clou- a crowd of witnesses, is what the Bible describes, that are cheering you on. Maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad, your grandpa, your grandma. Maybe it's that brother or family member or somebody in the church that's saying, don't quit. Don't give up. You're almost there. You can make it. Keep the faith. Finish the race. To think back as, as you, those people that have spoke that over you, the people that are speaking it over you now. It says in Hebrews, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. My simple thought for you tonight is this. Stand firm. Know that the right direction, perseverance, only makes sense when we're going in the right way. And that right way is to to seek after God in everything we're doing, in every part of our life. To put him first and us second. To cock our ear when we're feeling discouraged or deceived or distraught. And to to hear that crowd of witnesses that's cheering us on. To be reminded of, and I'll tell you... I've had that experience where I'm feeling so discouraged and I just don't know what to do. And God, would you encourage me? And I'm reminded of, you know, that one person that spoke in me. Dave, you can do it. Go for it. Maybe it's something that was spoken years ago and it, I've long forgot about. And God brings that rem- memory back to my, to my, maybe it's something fresh and new that somebody comes and speaks. Maybe it's through, when, as I open up the Bible and there's this truth that pours over me. Wherever you are at, stand firm. Like that soldier, hypomene, stand your ground. Hold on to your faith. Push through it. Make sure it's the right direction. And and as a last thought, seek God's heart. What is he calling you to? When we talk about the right direction, what what is that for you? What has he called you to? What's that piece that he's asking you to do? And that may be big picture, and it may even be just today. God, what are you calling me to today? I I love those days where I'm like, oh man, I just don't know what I should be doing. Exactly. And you're like, okay, God, would you lead my day? And it's not like he tells you, go here, go here, go here, go here, all the time. But it's, okay, I'm going to go do what I need to do. And I trust that God, you are leading in it you see cool things happen and you get this incredible response but persevere stand Mm -hmm. strong and he will carry you encourage last thought just as I wrap as I started this all off this is not something to do on your own Mm -hmm. but to allow Christ that divine encounter it all comes through relationship with Jesus to take time to just stop in our day and say Christ would you just fill me with ability to persevere I can't do it on my own. I can't stand firm. But you in me, I can. <coughs> Let's bow our heads as we just pray. All of this starts, as we, as we said before, in grounded, based, built on faith. And so tonight, as we, we come, we just recognize that the first Point, the first starting point for all of this is a relationship with you, God. That f- Putting our faith in you. And because of what you did, Jesus Christ, we can come and we can have that relationship with God. And so tonight, even with all our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if there's anybody here that hasn't taken that step and you'd like to start a relationship with God. There's no magic words, there's no special prayer, but something like this, it just simply says, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. Would you come and live in my life, live in my heart, and transform me from the inside out? If you've made that decision, and that's something that you've already you're walking out this faith journey with Christ, and you hear it tonight and you're you you relate to that, maybe being discouraged or distraught or feeling deceived and you, and you you recognize that there's been points, maybe even tonight where you're saying, boy, I just don't know faith. can I keep doing this? Maybe it's not faith, but it's something that that God's called you to do to serve or to to engage in our community. In your family, and you're just, you just don't know how you can keep going. And I want to encourage you tonight and just pray over you that the Holy Spirit would come and He would fill you with this ability to persevere that's not of you. It's not your own strength. It's not something you just do. But He'd give you the ability to stand firm. To stand your ground. To push through. Never, never give up. And that as you do it, it would be this incredible witness to people around you that go, how do they do that? How do they get, How can they keep pushing through this incredible barriers, boundaries, hard things? And it's not because we're great. It's because Christ, you live and move and act through us. So we invite that here today. Thank you, God, for loving us, for meeting us here. Thank you for your word that shapes and sharpens and challenges and grows us. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Um, One of the things we love to do, I love to do, is just take two, three minutes and uh, just open up for any questions, maybe a thought that came up as we're talking. Maybe a challenge, you're not sure about something, or I don't agree with you. I'm open <laughs> for that. And uh yeah. So any questions, thoughts, you. idea, challenge. When you said we can do the said God,
1: I'm like, oh yeah, no, but there's other people too. Absolutely. Because <laughs> there's times when I'm going through stuff and it's sometimes it's not even that something that somebody can say or do sure. makes any difference, but yeah. just letting them in to the it does mm. Just that's a great admitting that it's not good and that you know they're praying for you and we're standing yeah. together That's sometimes yeah. one soldier standing is good but more standing together
0: is love it Sheila better. absolutely it's a great thought Yep. God works through the body right through us absolutely it's,
1: great, mm.
0: it's great good challenge me else? Any thoughts? I
1: know you were focusing more like um, more perseverance within yourself, like with, the, I mean, your faith. But I also yeah. was just thinking, as you were saying, to stand firm in your faith, to also stand firm in front of others. Yes. Um, and I often think, well, we're not being prosecuted. I mean, we can openly pray. And we can I mean, mm. there's nothing stopping us. So I've never felt like I have to hold back, but you kind of often do. You, mm. you would often maybe, like maybe not pray when you're going out for a meal at a restaurant, or because you're feeling shy, or you would mm. not say to a non-Christian friend, um, "I'll pray for you." I mm. I'm thinking of you, or yeah. you know things like that that you don't do on purpose, but sometimes it kind of slips in there. Yeah. Um, and I was just reminded again to stand firm in that too, to be
0: to stand firm in your faith in front of others mm. um, yeah, and not back down um, when it comes it's great Katrina yeah. appreciate that thought it's interesting I think you know, as you read the first like, like the this challenges they were going through it was often and you think of like the church in China right now the, the physical immediate danger of their lives even often to live out their faith and I think for us in Canada you're right we don't have that Physical danger per se, yeah. but I, I think one of the greatest dangers we have here, and it's something that stops me and stops us all the time, is that social. Yeah. Where it's this, 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 uh, this social fear and the social potential break that we have. Where it's, yeah. what are people going to think of me? Uh, that and
1: Canadians are very scared to offend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, we don't want to offend others. Worse. We don't want to be offensive. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right. And that is a part of it but it's not that's not to say that should stop us mm-hmm. but it is a yeah there's something there for sure we need I to push
1: th- it. i was just thinking like i was thinking something kind of like, like what katrina was saying and then i guess what i've i thought of an example in my last two weeks i read this article online yeah. and someone posted and it left me like uh, like angry almost flabbergasted mm-hmm. that someone would go ahead and share a post it is, it is pro-life and, and yeah. abortion. And I just, I ri- wrote this big response, and then, because I never usually comment, but I was just, like, riled, yeah actually, that someone would even present it <coughs> from that perspective, and then I erased it all. <laughs> and then <laughs> I wrote a couple other things, and I erased those too. and I just wasn't sure even where to go. I mean, this mm. is a huge issue, one that yep. I feel strongly about, but also I feel, I mean, we can talk about 10 million reasons about, uh, it, and it's just, it was too much, so I ended up just saying, I was just, really sad that someone would mm. see it like that, and that's where I left it. But yeah. I felt like I didn't fight for it. Right. I felt like people, me or may not even know, <coughs> know my stance from what I said, because yep. it was so politely. Sure. Yes. And I still wonder, like, what should I do? It's just very difficult, I feel like, to navigate those kind of big issues that I should just be able to say, like, yeah, I'm feeling, like, not really offensive. Yeah. Um, but I just felt like I couldn't. I felt like I didn't have enough education surrounding mm-hmm. some of their points. Or, and I don't know what that is, and I know I need to take it to God in prayer and that. Those are the things that, like, they're all around us. There's yep, yep. things like that every day that are just, like I feel like I kind of sit back a little bit I don't want to like get into it because, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's but it just, lays a lot of issues difficult. in there. I mean, w- wisdom is also good. I mean, it, in those type of subjects
0: as well. So I mean, sometimes it's, Wise to be
1: silent as well. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying in this case, yeah, but i
0: just, It's just you know, really. I felt still like I don't know, I know what I should have done. Actually. We're. Been we're working that. Yeah. No, Andy, it's a great one. And there's this. See, Brittany. There's this. Um, I think there's this real struggle in our culture now where we're at, because a lot of our engagements and our interactions are via social media and such yeah. like that, yeah. and it's such a dysfunctional way to have any kind of conversation. So there's this. There's this um, dilemma where and I feel it all the time too, you want to respond, but you recognize that that response isn't, it's it's not really a beneficial. And so there's this tension point where, you know, you're not wrong to desire, but it may not actually help anyway. So I, I know for me, one of the things that I have done a few times, not all the time, but a few times, I've actually invited those people to go sit for a coffee. So people that are like, "Oh man, I really disagree with that and and because though when you do sit across the table from a person and you, the conversation is night and day different right. from what you see happening in a, in in a social media platform on in people engaging online because there's no longer the anonymity right. to say whatever the heck you want to you know blah blah blah." And, and it just it doesn't exist and people don't do it it's not something that happens when we're in this mostly <laughs> mo- mostly um, so I, I, that takes a lot more work it actually takes more time but sorry I don't know yeah
1: no but you when you do that you, you actually really hear why that person feels that way too, yeah which yes. you, you can't right. no, they maybe had a really bad yep. thing happening to them when they were younger yes. or yeah. yes. their family and it just Blows your mind when you actually hear about right. it, and then you can understand maybe why they have certain stances, yeah. and then it's much easier to guide them, to deal
0: with it rather than yeah, to to maybe not agree but love them. Still, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so, I agree, Arnie. So yeah, so that's my. That good that, oh, and I don't think it's easy. Just to be clear, I think it's very difficult. I, you know, five times a week where I'm like, oh man, I totally disagree with that, but I know if I do, it's just it's not going anywhere necessarily. So. Um, but there's something, there's a tension point, no question, Andrea. I don't think that's, I don't think that's helpful at all. But maybe no, it is. Maybe to, really yeah. said about, well, social media
1: and messaging back and forth that's not the same at all.
0: No. So that's yeah, why yeah. you avoid it. And there's <laughs> lots of research to back that up too. I, I love, I'm a researcher. There's lots of research that um, leads to why that, why that is. So we read things in the negative. Um, we. Again, like that anonymity an So there's a whole bunch of reasons why it actually doesn't work to have that conversation that way. So it's it's legit.
1: You often lose a lot of people when you just say upfront, "I disagree because of this, is not this." Sure. Then you actually not gain. As this is what you're talking about. You just not. That's not what what we want to do as Christians. We just don't want to say no. That's not a way to do it and move on. We actually want to. That's who know, work. Logic. Yeah,
0: we actually you want know, to
1: engage. And yeah.
0: Totally, underneath. I love it. I um, any other last thoughts as we wrap up? Great thoughts, Andy. Appreciate you guys. Stick to it. You can do it. Go for it. Have a great night. Don't forget to pick up your kids. <laughs>